Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of Bible Escapes and Destruction. Today, it's again something a wee bit different, where I'm joined by not one, not two, not three, four, five, but seven different photographers. Um, so today, I'm joined by everyone who's behind New Beginnings, the book collaboration that uh, Paul Gotts and John Ash brought out last month, which was also raising uh, funds for Young Minds, uh, the charity that's such great work. Um, so this morning, I've got Tim Allett, Susie Petherick, Valerie Dallin, Jan Beasley, Andy Holliman, John Ash, and Paul Gotts with me. Apologies if I've mispronounced anyone's name there. Um, but before we get started and talk about the book, it'd be great if you could each maybe give an introduction to you, to your work, to your photography, and we'll start with uh, Tim. Okay, so um, I'm an amateur uh, photographer, but I'm also a geographer. I'm a physical geographer. I work at the University of Manchester. Um, oh. I've always been an avid kind of consumer of landscape photography, landscape photography books. So it's a delight to be on the on the on the podcast today. Um, and my photography really is. I've been serious for about the last ten years in photography, and I'm with general types of landscape photography, particularly interested in, in the sort of photography that captures changes in the landscape or the way landscapes work. And that's that's my particular interest. Cool. Uh, next up, Susie. Uh, yeah, I'm Susie. Um, I've done photography for more years than I care to name on this program. <laughs> a, a long time, uh, since uh, way back when the darkroom. Yeah. But uh, I guess I've since stopping work a few years ago, I've really been able to give time to it and it's been fantastic. So I like experimenting, trying new things, learning stuff. Yep. Um, there's always something to learn and try and just be somewhere and explore. So I've been lucky enough to be up in Scotland. Lucky you. Um, yes, I know, and still am. So I'm very reluctant to go back over the border. So it's been such a treat being up here. So. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Valerie. Hi, Ian. Uh, thanks very much for inviting me along. Um, right, okay. I enjoy uh, being in the outdoors generally uh, with, with my photography. Um, I keep an open mind. I've been doing photography for years, um, like Susie, for uh, you know, a long time. Um, but um, since I've moved to the Peak District, um, I've set myself this challenge um, to really try to photograph photograph it in different ways um so i keep an open oh frozen maybe okay i think valerie's maybe frozen okay hopefully valerie will return in a minute but uh, we will move on to jan and then the time being oh you're back valerie i think you froze very briefly there Carry on. <laughs> All right. Uh, hi, I'm Jan. Um, I'm based down here in Sussex, so not in lovely Scotland like everyone else. Um, <laughs> I'm interested. I've been interested in photography and also in art and in poetry for a long, long time. And yep. um, latterly, I've been enjoying experimenting with different techniques like ICM and multiple exposure because what I'm tr really trying to do is capture my feelings about the landscape or whatever I see. Um, and I sometimes write poems to go with the pictures. Um, sometimes I don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, enjoying the journey and I've really enjoyed being involved in this collaboration. Uh, it's, it's been great. And having a short time frame has been good as well because it makes you do Hello. it, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> Hi, Valerie. Uh, Andy, do you want to 
give us a wee introduction to yourself. Obviously, you've been on before, so you know the format. I'll keep it brief. Hi, Ewan. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm uh, Andy Holloman. Uh, I'm another amateur photographer. I'm particularly interested in um, abstracts uh, like jazz of ICM and uh, multiple exposure photography. Um, I'm based in London, but I've just had a very enjoyable week in Edinburgh. So I had about five days on my own wandering around the cameras. I seem to spend most of it in graveyards, which um, I think Edinburgh's got the best graveyards in the world. It was fantastic. Um, I think if there's one theme throughout all my photography, it's the the idea of the anti-icon that you don't see that it's not a face of a particular place. It might be a feeling of a landscape, but you couldn't name what's in the picture. Yeah. It may be quite big things, maybe quite small things, but it's not somewhere where everyone else has put their tripod holes it's what's behind them, if anything. Yeah, excellent stuff. And on to the two uh, leaders of the group. Uh, we'll start with uh, Paul first. Hi, hi everybody. Hi, you, and thanks for asking me on again. Um, I've been taking photographs for about twenty years. Um, always loved books, so then started making handmade books. So I take photographs, make handmade books, and in the last few years um, started to together three collaborative works and um slowly i'm taking less and less images i think because yep. um you know then moving just moved house so um i'm at the moment quite desperate to get out and take some more pictures um like and then well. when i when i am out i'm a um very very below average photographer so uh, <laughs> but i but i do enjoy it I've, I've got all i love being out um i just wish i was out a bit more so that's maybe an objective for me in the next few months Good stuff. And finally, John. Morning all. Uh, right. Thanks for inviting you on. Um, <clears throat> I'm a, like the, like the rest, I guess, uh, amateur uh, photographer. Been taking pictures for the last 10 years or so. Um, I think my, my photography has developed more in the last few years around trying to take one wow, stunning image to put on the wall um, to be more of a, a series of images or a, um, ideally a book. So the last 18 months or so, I've managed to self-publish a couple of a couple of little uh, zines, which I've been quite happy with. Um, and it's it's more experimenting along the way now, rather than trying to take that big wild pitch. Yeah. Very good. So an entire, a very, very wide variety of backgrounds, interests, which I think works particularly well for collaboration. Uh, now, the book, I have to say, I think is has been really nicely done. Uh, Paul and John were very fortunate to send me a draft of it. So it was it was really nice to see everyone's work. I suppose starting with uh, Paul and John, obviously, Paul, you've done a couple of collaborations in the past. So where, where did the idea come from for this collaboration? And also, where did the theme come from? Um, well, I can start and John can finish it, I think. Um, oh. it, was, it was Andy's fault, really. I think Andy... And I had both been on Bibli Escapes with you. And um, I think Andy messaged me to say he'd enjoyed ours and he was working through, I think we've both been working through a bit of a backlog of videos, podcasts. And and then he, he said, oh, I like, I like the idea of um, what you, you were doing with Brand New Day in 2019 and just now, do you fancy doing if you were going to do another one, I'd be interested in taking part. Um, so I don't think I said yes to Andy then, but um, I thought, yeah, it's about it's about time try 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 to do it again. And um, spoke to John, I think, 
I think, John, that was right, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. So beautiful little um, handover to John. And John, how did we have the title of the book? Um, I guess, obviously, it's the, the previous book, well, it's only the book that I was involved with you yeah. on was, was uh, based around song lyric. Um, so just spend some time um, looking through my record collection, um, seeing what's around, seeing if we can come up with something that would be probably appropriate for the time, but also um, could be uh, widely interpreted um, um, in different ways by different photographers. Yeah. And um, being slightly younger than Paul, I come up with a more 80s uh, lyric from, from Toya, um, Brave New World. Um, <clears throat> it was nothing more than that. It just, it just seemed appropriate. And I went and obviously discussed it with Paul. Uh, he agreed. Um, and that was the, the, the kickoff for this book. Yeah. Very good. And obviously you then got on board the six photographers. And it, it'd be really interested to get an, an, an understanding from each of them in terms of what, what they thought of the initial theme and, and kind of what their first thoughts were. Um, so if Susie, maybe you want to kick us off with, with what your initial thoughts were of, of being told New Beginning was what you were working with. I guess because it was around spring for me and yeah. you know, I since since COVID stuff, I, I've been spending lots of time just out in nature really observing plant life. And so it, that's what immediately drew me. It was the time of year. There were all these signs of new beginning, new starts, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, that fresh energy and optimism that comes with spring. And yes. people were starting to talk about, you know, maybe loosening stuff in relation to COVID. So it, it felt, you know, they felt like there was real optimism in the air. Yeah. And I loved having just a month. I'm good with deadlines and yes. having kind of focus. I, that, I really respond well to that. So, um, yeah. So that was really, I, I toyed with a few other ideas, but, you know, I was really up for it. Yeah, so it would carry on. I, I was just going to say, I must remember where that uh, Andrew Atkinson was also part of the group, yes. but he's just sadly unable to be here today. Yeah, so, um, that's, we, yeah. we, we tussled over a tulip idea, but he won, so that, right. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, save, I think a couple of you have maybe done wildlife or plant life of, of some sort which is a natural thing but obviously Valerie you you selected the rocks that you you visit on a on a frequent basis so is, is was that your interpretation of, of new beginnings or or what what's the importance that they play to you I think the location Kerber Edge um, it's somewhere uh, that I go to um, depending on 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 whatever mood I'm in, actually. Yeah. Um, and I find going there uh, just lifts my spirits. And um, and so that was the first place I visited uh, after lockdown. Yeah. Um, and spending time upon the rocks, uh, it's it, it was just wonderful, uh, just felt free. And so that's really uh, the reason why I decided that, okay, well, I spend a lot of time up here. This yep. is where I'm going to do the, uh, the project for New Beginnings. Um, yep. And uh, what better place to work on uh, than obviously the rocks where I sit. So that was for me, uh, that, that was why I yep. um, produced the work. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very important when you've got somewhere that's got a direct connection to, and and as you say, it's it's very 
it, there's there's a very per- personal relationship that you form from from visiting that location whereas obviously Susie doesn't necessarily know the ferns etc and the plant life that she's photographed on a daily basis but um, I think I think those those personal connections really come across what about yourself Tim obviously you uh, you, you like to explore bog pools quite regularly so I'm, I'm assuming that played a big part in your in your decision yeah I get kind of um pigeonholes a bogtographer sometimes in terms of my enthusiasm <laughs> for them um but they're um it was a really nice challenge actually i think susie got it right because the spirit is of, of optimism really you know it was, yeah. it, it, there was still a lot of uncertainty then and we've had so many kicks haven't we that, that mm. to do something that was a little bit more forward thinking and, and so i wanted to do something on you know positive changes um something that's happened and obviously i work in the landscapes and it was a bit of a busman's holiday because I work on 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 peat bogs and I've seen the kind of incredible work that's been done to to restore them and how how that changed our our landscapes for the for the better. So, you know, um, one month, six images. Um, I've been working up there, spending a lot of time just doing my research, but not always wanted to to spend a bit more time just concentrating on photography. So it's a brilliant excuse to actually to actually put my photography hat on and 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 work in these in these systems that I, you know, I spend a bit of time on. Um, yeah. What about yourself, Jan? What was, what was your approach to it? It's obviously very much ICM and, and, and those aspects of it. So I suppose, what, what, what was the interpretation that you took to, to new beginnings? Uh, I think it's a bit like Susie that, you know, obviously spring is a, is a symbol of, of new beginning and growth, but I've been photographing previously. I've been, a bit absorbed in photographing um, winter trees and yep. the skeletons of trees and, and all that, and which was quite dark in a way. <clears throat> um, and then thinking about that and thinking that, you know, it, even though the tree looks dead inside it is all this new life waiting yep. to sort of burst forth. Yep. And given that, you know, what we'd all been through with COVID and lockdown and da da da, um, it just seemed like such a strong sort of metaphor. Um, yes. And so that's what I went with. And, I was trying to sort of capture that that feeling of excitement that you get when you know when suddenly out of this out of nothing comes all this life and all yeah. this color you know the vibrant colors of spring the yellows the blues and the blossom you know especially trees that blossom on bare branches you know yeah. it's just yeah. it's just that rush of excitement and then a few weeks later it's all it's all passed and it's moved on to sort of you know yeah. foliage and summer so I was trying to just capture that moment, really. Yeah. So the, the time, the timings worked particularly well from your perspective. Yeah. Just getting, just getting timing right. But yeah, as you say, it's the, it's the feeling when you see everything spring to life after. Certainly, up in Scotland, was a very wet, dark, miserable winter. Um, and then all of a sudden, the spring, spring blossom begins to flow, and you can begin to feel a bit of life and light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah. I think very much the case with the subject as well of new beginnings. It was. At that point, we were probably coming out of lockdown number, whatever, 19 or something like that. So it would have been a lovely welcome, a lovely welcome feel to think, right, actually, we're getting into a new part of the year and we're, we're getting into getting into maybe a wee bit of easing here and we'll actually get back to some form of normality. What about yourself, Andy? Obviously, you were kind of one of the ringleaders behind creating this new idea. So I'd be interested to hear your interpretation of a, of new beginnings and whether it, whether right. it also, also how it related to what you thought it might've been when you first approached Paul with the idea. Well, they, I got the idea at the same time as the other photographers. So right. uh, yeah, 
a sort of email. It's a bit like opening an envelope, big surprise. So the, the actual idea itself, I, I didn't have any sort of input yeah. to. Um, uh, when I got it, I think like uh, Susie and Jan, I was thinking was well, spring. Uh, I think during lockdown, lots of people have spent a lot of time observing nature very closely, which which I think has been one of the one of the benefits of it. So that was one idea. The the other direction I looked at was sort of completely opposed to that. There's an old railway line that, that closed a hundred years ago in this area. Yeah. And I've been intrigued for a long time about how something as big and powerful as a railway line can just disappear into the environment. So over a much longer time scale. There are new beginnings there. You can see bits of it, but there are buildings and things. So I took some photos around that and basically put them to the group to vote, you know, which 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 direction do you like the best, the nature or the railway line? And I think the nature, the railway line got one vote. So uh, let's say. <laughs> that was, that was okay. me, the geographer. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a project for another day. So I, I'm keeping those. But um, And then sort of, I think we were blessed with quite good weather over that period. So looking mm. at the blossoms against blue sky, I could see the sort of graphic shapes of it. But it yeah. didn't seem like enough. And then one day I was walking through the local park and in the distance there was a white crane against the blue sky. And that was it. That was the moment. Like how that looks like the blossom in a way. And yeah. then that fed into the ideas. Like they're, they're very similar in a way. The sort of the shape of the graphic shape of a tree against the sky or a, a crane against the sky. Yeah. And the colours were similar as well. But we were lucky in this area. The cranes were white and yellow. Most of the blossom was white and yellow as well, so it's, yeah, uh, it worked it, quite well. It all tied in nicely for you. So obviously, yeah. Paul, Paul and John, you and obviously Andrew would have contributed uh, his, his work as well. But obviously, Paul, John, you had uh, six photographers all bringing to you different ideas. Was uh, was obviously I think Andy, you mentioned a group vote. So did everyone submit their ideas, and then is there a group vote over over what? path there is so that you're getting a, a balance of it or, or how do you how do you manage your expectations and preconceptions you've got of what subject matters people might choose to photograph do you want to have a go john do you want me to i'll i'll, I'll start you and start. then you, you stop me when it gets um goes goes too wrong i guess <laughs> i think because i was involved in the first book that paul did yeah uh, i've got something to compare it with um, I don't know, with the, the the difference with this book is I think it was far more collaborative amongst everybody. Yep. Um, the, the first book that we did with Paul, literally until the first draft of the book came out, I had no idea who the other photographers even were. Right. Okay. So I had no idea what anyone was doing. Yep. Um, who they were or anything, um, which was good in one way and terrifying in another way. Um, <laughs> So I think things have just evolved over yes. over the couple of books Paul's done, yeah. um, and say so this one, all the photographers are very keen just to involve everybody else, yeah, um, and just see what people's thoughts were. Like Landy says, up to the extent of which way do you think it would be most appropriate to go uh, on this. So <clears throat> from from mine and Paul's point of view, we're very much it's almost like well we just want six pictures. Um, it's not that we don't care what they were, <laughs> that comes across as wrong, but it was literally what we wanted was what the photographers wanted. Yes. Our job was to try and put those in a book and make it look nice. Yeah. Would you agree, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm flicking through it now. It, it's, you know, other than um, Andy asking about the, 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 um, the railway one, um, whether we thought of that. Um, we've 
we've taken what everybody seemed to want. And one or two people have asked, oh, do you want me to do this? And we've just said, yes, whatever you ha- whatever you're happy with, yep. a cohesive piece of work, six, seven images, we'll be happy. Yes. And we were, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I suppose a, a question to question to the contributors: how how did this approach to work of having to shoot a set of six or seven images over a very defined period of time change from your normal style of photography? My normal style of photography is I take images to sit on memory cards for about twelve months before they go into my computer, where they sit for another. 12 months, two years before I'll maybe look at them. So it's not a quick process. This is not my sort of ideal process, to be perfectly honest, albeit it might be a good thing for me. But I know some people, John, you obviously talked about, you go from making a wow image, which many of us all start out doing. You're always looking for the honeypot locations to then changing your style, adapting. And then once you've maybe done a body of work, you're then looking at shooting and creating a set of maybe six, seven, however many images it is. So I'd be interested to know how how this, if it did change from your, your current style of photography, I don't know, Jan, if you want to maybe kick us off. Um, yes, I mean, for me, it was, it's really good to have a, a short time frame and a deadline because I'm very, very good at procrastinating and I'll just go on and on forever and never, never be happy with anything, you know. And yep. so if, if you've got somebody saying, right, you've got to have this by this date, then, yes. you know, you just have to make the decision. And and also working in, a, in to create a set of images. Um, I mean, I have started to do that and I'm starting to get into handmade books and things like that. Um, so it just fitted in really nicely with a direction that I'm going in anyway. Um, yeah. And I do get, I do sort of get absorbed in little projects. So it, yes, it, it worked really well. And it was really nice to have the support of the other photographers as well. And, and know that you could sort of bounce ideas, ideas if you if you needed to and, you know, get some kind of feedback. Yeah. What about yourself, Valerie? Is it, have you worked with sets of images before or is this a new approach for you or is it something that you've enjoyed and, and you like to do? Um, I've, I really thoroughly enjoyed this uh, this project and uh, the collaboration um, yeah. working with Paul and John. Um, for me, I, I've started to learn to paint um, and I took a bit of a gamble because I decided that I, I, I would introduce painting into the work that I produce. Yep. Uh, for this um, I like to keep an open mind when I'm working and I don't think I have a particular style to the work um, it's more about connections um, yep. so it, it's connections between photography and painting through my work um, trees water and, and and now rocks time passing um, and uh, yeah I just felt that it was it just felt right um, yeah. uh, although as I say it was a gamble um, and the result of the the result of the work was actually um, a little bit mystifying because it just seemed to happen um, <laughs> the painting just happened <laughs> and I put it forward and the whole whole um, uh, the whole way through I kept thinking it was more it was about mark making and the the, the time of the rocks and um, and putting paint into those contours in the rocks that was yep. the uh, that was the the idea of it um, and I do enjoy painting on my photographs 
Um, so it, yeah, it just became otherworldly and, and I really wasn't sure and I didn't want to let anybody down, uh, but I went with it and, um, yeah, whether I will do any more in that kind of way, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but certainly painting on photographs is something that I'm, 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 I'm enjoying. Yeah. The thing is these, these, these collaborations and these projects open everyone up to new ideas because you're doing something whereby you're, you're not taking the full element of the risk on by yourself you've got other people to bounce ideas off of and it's a big shared group so you're the variety of and range of of styles that you get from six photographers is quite incredible when you look through the book there's nothing that there is not it's not as though you've got five photographers who conform to some given standard and then there's one that maybe stands out everything has its own place so actually i think it's a great opportunity to experiment and try new things and try different ideas out and um, obviously susie we did a we did a workshop last year it must have been 12 months ago there thereabouts so i, su I suppose from that perspective you've maybe worked with shooting with a set of images before so how how did you take your your previous experiences and, and apply them to a, a real life experience whereby you have got to produce something uh, for something physical at the end of it yeah i mean i guess that course was rob knight that you know i did with yeah. you you and paul and john so i was lucky to meet you all there um that really did change the way i thought about photographs i think very much from the one shot to thinking about a group and then thinking about how they might sit together yeah. In different formats but that it, it really changed my thinking um, yeah and so this was just a great example of being able to pull it you know put that into practice but yeah generally now i think about sets rather than individuals and yeah, yeah. I, I can't quite remember the world before yeah so. well that that's and i think i think it's a, i think it's a great way and it makes we'll come on to talking about uh, the, the sequencing and everything i'm sure shortly but i think it's a great way to for people to start thinking about their images in different ways instead of just thinking of one image and then a totally different random image actually thinking about the connection and the relationship between your images and when you're given a theme as well you have got to bring all the images together under that same theme it's not just a case of finding your six favorite images and passing them on to john and paul to let them crack on and do do the work that they do so yeah what about yourself tim is is this a new approach to your photography in terms of thinking about a set or you're obviously dealing with a bog pool so it's there it can maybe vary i suppose quite significantly in their subject matter or the or the, the size and scales yeah so the, i mean the challenge is to get a set that work together we're going to talk about sequencing in a, in a moment or two but i mean the, the collaboration was really helpful for me and, yep. and having the connection with the photographers because um you know you've got to put a sequence of six together and they kind of got to work um and um bogs are not easy landscapes to photograph i mean i'm not the only one to say that i was really relieved that um i read lizzie shepherd saying exactly the same thing you know she's yep. been taken out there you know there's a reason you don't see a lot of photographs of, of peat bogs um so I wanted reassurance that the kind of imagery that I was taking, well, first of all, kind of worked. And it was, so I, I did use the group and I bounced images and said, you know, am I on the right tracks? Is this kind of working? And, you yep. know, inevitably they're very hugely supportive, but just, you know, a little a couple of nudges in different ways, just odd comments that, that were made to me really helped me refine my thinking about, about the scale and the type of images that I wanted to, to, to produce. So a kind of experimental shoot coming back 
having the bravery to sort of say to them, here are the images, folks, what do you think? Yeah. Um, was was really, really helpful. Um, yep. And it was also helpful, the collaboration, just in terms of the kind of camaraderie and the team spirit. You know, we got a week, we got a month to do it. We have deadlines. Some of us hate deadlines. Yeah. You know, this we, we, we laughed about the Douglas Adams quote about, you know, loving deadlines. We love the whooshing sound they make as they fly past. <laughs> so, so, um, so just because we, I guess we would all, we all deliver to time because, you know, um, Paul and John were just very gently clear that there was a month. And on that day, you had to submit what you had. Um, yeah. And I thought that was that was brilliant, and, and we all just got on with it in a different way and submitted, made yeah. decisions, helped each other make decisions and submit, and that was really great. Yeah, yes, yeah, it sounds as though the collaboration element, not necessarily being wholly active all the time, but the ability just to bounce ideas off people, get feedback, it's a wonderful thing. It's like a it's like a, a group workshop of or a self help yeah. group sort of thing whereby you're maybe you're maybe struggling with one or two bits and pieces or just a slight direction of one image and and you've got six other seven eight other people who you can bounce ideas off and you're going to get a friendly a friendly response giving you giving you a bit of constructive feedback yeah and it was very I mean I was going to use the workshop analogy actually it was very organic as well yeah. and. Mm -hmm. You know, you could use you could use it more or less as as you needed. Yeah, you know? and obviously, Andy, from your perspective, you did a self published book earlier on this year. I think it was end of last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. About, yeah. yeah. So how 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 did the how did the experience of shooting such a small body of work, six or seven images, compared to when you're looking at something that's quite a bit bigger for your own work? It was quite a different experience because the previous book came out of a long term project project that where it didn't even start as a project it was just yeah. something some photos that i took a lot it's a place i went to a lot um and they grew into something that could become a book whereas with this one it, it was the opposite we had a very short time very you know, particular theme but i really enjoyed the i think there's a lot of creativity that comes out of constraint sometimes yeah. it's time in this case it was time and a theme sometimes it can be one place or go with one lens and one camera or something like that all of those things force you to think in a different way yeah. and i think that that really helped me to um a bit like jan as well i could procrastinate for ages you know if, if they'd said if paul had said well we've got the images by march next year um i'd still be you know still be taking them and that that wouldn't have helped yeah yeah well that's it and i suppose uh, paul and john you must have how, how strict were you with your guidelines obviously you were pretty strict with your time cut off by the sounds of it paul um in terms of just making sure and saying well look, you guys you've got four weeks or a month and, and this is what we want at that point in time yeah just some gentle um bit like england's defense tonight really gentle pressure you know um, yeah it's easy to mute to, people on this yeah yeah you know just a reminder at the bottom of an email to say oh it's only three weeks left and there's only two weeks left yeah and, uh, every you know, and, yeah. and during that process, were you involved in the, I suppose, the collaborative feedback to the images or or were you really keen just to let the photographers crack on, shoot the work and then you and you and John and John and you would wait for wait, see what's given and then and then start your work at that point? Uh, I think I think it, it, it was collaborative. Some people, um, it varied, it varied. Yeah. you know, some some needed nothing, one or two um asked for you know views like like i think tim tim had his quite a big selection early on and he was asking everybody and then you know i, I don't know how many people responded i responded to tim with a few comments yeah um but i, th I think 
I think it was what Tim said. Um, you know, John, John and I on this kind of design side had a few conversations when things got a little bit um, short of time. And it, it, it's odd how sometimes somebody doesn't answer your question, but there's something in an email or something in what they say, you think, oh, he's, he's, he's supporting me in what he's saying there. So let's just keep it, keep it as it is. People aren't sometimes just answering questions. Yes, I know or telling you what to do or what not to do. Yeah. They're just giving you a bit of support and it varies. It yeah. varies. Nobody needed pushing. No. You were really lucky. Really lucky that um, didn't have to crack the whip on anybody. <laughs> did we? Do? I think so. No, not at all. That's why I left, I left the hard work to you, I think, at that point of just yeah. gently nudging people. Good cop, good cop, bad cop. John was friendly. Paul, Paul was the guy yeah. who, a day after the deadline, where are your images? Yeah, yeah. I can't even remember who was last and who was first. It was, it was, um, it worked really well. Yeah. And um, everybody's, everybody's like in the earlier books, everybody's slightly different. Everybody's, yeah. some people are more organized than others, some people are earlier than others. Some people need a bit of reassurance that they're on the right track. Yep. Somebody just doesn't matter. Just yeah. work. So obviously it's you had fun. you had to all of you guys had to shoot six or seven images. Um, I'm assuming that you probably created a few more than that. Um, so I, I suppose I'm interested Dan, to to hear how your experiences were of getting it down to the six or seven images, and and were you were you asked by, by John and Paul to provide it in the running order that we see it in the book or was that for them? And I suppose, Tim, what do you want to kick us off with uh, your experiences of uh, narrowing the field? Yeah. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Um, particularly Absolutely. You start off and you think, Oh, how am I going to get six images? And then you end up with, you know, 10 or 12 that you kind of think are contenders. And, um, and it's not about the six, six best images, is it? It's absolutely nope. not about the six best images. It's about it's about putting them together in a way that has a narrative that 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 the set together makes the point that you're wanting to make. Um, so I kind of had a couple of ideas about the way it might go. I went down a bit of a blind alley to begin with. I've got a tendency to go too too wide, you know, like a lot of us. You wanting to sort of fit too much in, and and so one useful nudge I had from the from the group was, you know, no stick to the stick to the more intimate landscapes um and then i then ended up with two kind of i put together a couple of different versions of sequences and i think paul was particularly useful there was one photograph that paul obviously really liked that wasn't in my that thought he thought it worked in the in the set that i haven't I, I kind of put aside it was on my reserve list and paul just sort of a couple of times just he didn't say that's got to be in but he kind of you know you get the idea um yeah and i think that just transform the sequence in, in in a way that that made more sense that i hadn't spotted and i think i mean i've taken this from from other workshops i've been on um um you know again rob knight sequencing yeah which is so good because it basically says use other people you know yeah. you, you're not objective about your own images particularly shortly after you've taken them um and just use feedback use mentorship use use others eyes to to comment and and again i really appreciated that from from the group yeah valerie how, how did you approach the sequencing where where you did you print your images out i know certainly for me when i when i do it i like to print out little contact sheets of everything and they sit on a table for 
months um, and they just get tweaked around ever so slightly. Um, but I'm always interested. I know some people can do it digitally. I like to take my time. How, how did you find it from your perspective, getting it down to the, the final selection? Um, excuse me. Well, I, I tended to walk quite a lot um, when I was up on Kerber. Um, and then when I decided that I was going to concentrate on, on the rocks themselves, um, I chose one specific area uh, yep. to work in. Uh, so it's a small area. Um, it was just a couple of rocks that I worked with. I liked the, the detail in the rocks, the contours. Um, and because it's about where I was sitting, um, I just I knew that that was where um, I wanted my focus to be. Um, yep. And uh, really, I, I think for me, you, you're talking about the printing. It was all quite um, uh, a new experience uh, because, as I say, um, I'm doing a lot of phone work. Um, yep. And so these were actually printed up. These were taken on my phone right. and they were printed up converted uh, to black and white so that that gave me the the kind of the um the canvas to work on for my painting, painting. yeah um and so yeah so i had that kind of well will they print up uh, uh you know the, is the quality of the print going to be fine for the yep. for the book so that was a concern yes um, but um, uh, sorry if I keep uh, going off because the, 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 the <laughs> internet around here isn't very good. Um, but, but yeah, I think generally it was, it was to do with, um, uh, yeah, just sitting uh, in, in the moment in one space um, yeah. and just working and working with three images um, and, um, and painting on those. Painting so, on those. so, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Susie? Obviously, you, I suppose the subject matter you chose was there's maybe more of a defined order there. Was into in terms of in terms of it coming to life. How how did that play into your sequence? I'm assuming that you maybe had to throw a couple of images out of the yeah. initial lineup to get down to the magic six or seven. I did print them out uh, small yep. and move them around. So that yes. came from the sequencing course. And I really like the physicality of that. Being yes. Able to yeah. to do that. So I had two ideas that I guess were behind it. One was how I cope with lockdown was the bigness and the uh, kind of, yeah, the scale of the enormity of everything was yeah. concentrating on tiny plants. Yes. So, um, so there's the idea of big and small. And then the other, uh, the other one was from dark to light. So yeah. when I sequence the thing, they were the, the first and the last images are sort of bigger images and then the yes. middle ones are small, but they do not move from uh, dark to, to light. light. So that, was, nice. that was the idea. Yeah. I, know, I had fun. I had fun moving them around. It was good. Yeah. Well, that, that's it's a different experience. And when you're working with a small set of images as well, it's it's probably far more manageable. Um, mm. But at the same time, that presents its own challenge because everything's really got to sync well and sing well with each other. There's there's real no 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 opportunity to have one that just sits out of place because it becomes very, very noticeable, I, I suppose, for us. If you've got an image, a sequence of 40 images, 
you maybe get get away with having your favourite image thrown in there, even though it probably shouldn't be always the biggest challenge. <laughs> yes, well, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you'll find something else to do with all those additional spares, yeah. maybe make it into a bigger book, Susie. No. What about yourself, Jan? How, how did you approach the sequencing? Well, it was quite tricky, really. I mean, I, I I did like everyone else. I sort of printed some out small and, and shuffled them around. And and in the end, I came down to putting them into pairs because I was thinking of the book and the facing yep. pages and trying to pair them up and then trying to sequence the pairs. So that, that sort of helped. But there were a couple of images that I really, really wanted to put in and they just they just didn't work <laughs> it just didn't fit <laughs> and, uh, however hard i tried to make them fit they just they just didn't so yeah don't know what's going to happen to them it, but, but that but that's always part of the challenge and and it's yeah. when you start looking at your work as a set as opposed to individual images mm -hmm. as you say your favorite images quite often um, aren't the ones that make it into the sequence there's nothing wrong with those images but you've got to look at what works well for for the, for the bigger for the bigger collection of work. Um, obviously, Andy, you've had some experiences from doing your own self-published book, but how did you find it when you were working with six or seven images? Was Were there different challenges that you had to overcome? Uh, the main challenge was that uh, Greg Akotu did all the sequencing on my book, and he's an expert, so <laughs> I didn't have much to add to his process. Um, I did it digitally. Um, yep. Maybe in retrospect, printing would have been better, but I think I had about 20-ish images Okay. But I got to the idea where I wanted to have pairs, which were one of trees, one of cranes, but the colours had to match as well. Yes. So that was fairly self-selecting, so then yep. I got it down to three pairs. And then when we got the layouts back, they didn't work in the order that they thought they would, so then we had to move them around a little bit. But So you've got the first and the last one are a pair, and then there's two pairs in the middle. Yeah. So that, yeah, it kind of, the, the sequencing and everything kind of fell out of that. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Very similar with the with the favourite images. I think probably there's one image I would have liked to have got in, but it just didn't have a pair, so it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you've got some 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 themes, some choices predetermined very much in terms of the sort of layout you're looking for. Obviously, with yourself, yeah. Andy, but I, I suppose with maybe someone like Tim, there's less control over how the sequencing might come together because there's maybe not so much the defined elements within the images that all kind of connect each other. So I suppose from uh, from John and Paul, your perspective, how did, from receiving all the images, how, how did you then take it to the next stage and, and get it into, I suppose, the form that we see it in today? That's to you, Paul. Um. The basic um, it's dead easy, really. Well, I don't know how it's turned out, dead, but my idea, easy. my idea was just to really go from dark to light. Yep. So, um, and I'd always, I'd always, um, Tim had shown us some of these photographs um, quite early on. I always liked bog pools, so I thought overall dark to light and I wanted it quite a in my eyes quite a striking start to the images so I yep. put Tim first which which is quite dark Susie's a pretty dark I, I see a point she's lighting them through um Valerie's are dark and then Jan's starts lighting it up um Andy's are bright um and Andrew's um are light and classy 
And I guess going back to sequencing, sequencing looks pretty easy on Andrew's flowers, tulips to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not simple, but I liked his photographs and I thought so a striking start and a quite a classy end because I was quite taken by the tulips and that's why I stood yeah. on the cover. Yeah, um, I I I think I think overall it's a it's a phenomenal body of work combined, but that breaks down so nicely between each of the six different contributors. We you must have been particularly pleased, John, when you just saw the variety and and, and the the difference between each set of work that's been produced, but just how well it all works together and responds to to the brief which you've which you've sent them. Oh yeah, very, very much so. I mean, you, you always hope that there's going to be a, a wide range of images, yeah. and I don't think, I mean, Paul, we, we couldn't have asked for better. No, yeah, that's great. With, with what we got, it was just just, just superb. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the theme particularly works well given the timing coming out of it beautiful winter into 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 spring and also just coming out of lockdown into a bit more freedom after after however many months of hell and um, so i think that really works well and it, i think it works well for the photographers for the subject matters that they shoot as well but i'd be interested to know from the photographer's perspective from your contributor's perspective if if it was a different season how would that have affected your choice of subject matter if it wasn't if you weren't shooting this in april when spring was coming through and it was nice clear skies say you were shooting this in maybe october november i'd just be interested to know how how might you have approached new beginnings slightly differently at that point of view maybe we'll start with andy this time i think the railway line idea might have won in that case um yeah yeah, I mean, it, that would be an interesting challenge. Maybe we, maybe we should do book two in the autumn and see how it looks. Yeah, I, mean, you, I think a, a couple of us have said that nature is an obvious sort of thing with new beginnings in the spring. Yeah. So it would have been a very different challenge. What about yourself, Jan? Do you, would you have taken a different yeah. approach to it? I think, yeah, it would have been, it would have been, yeah, very different. Probably would have gone for something more urban, more more sort of man-made. Um, yep. Maybe a resurgence of, of of an area or something like that. Um, boundaries and edges. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that would be an interesting challenge. <laughs> it, yeah. What about what about yourself, Tim? I suppose the bog pools are probably still still there, but I suppose depending uh, on where where you select them, they, they'll they'll present very differently in different conditions as well. I think that's right. I mean, I think in some ways in the summer they get a bit more boring because they're just all green. Um, yeah. You'd have to be even more of a challenge. But I mean, none of my ideas were kind of season dependent, really. That wasn't season dependent. Yeah. It's slightly contrary because I kind of assumed that it was such a clear way to do it is do, that someone would do, at least one person would do something about 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 the seasons. So yeah. I, I was sort of consciously looking for something that was, was independent of that. So I, I'm yeah. probably in the camp that I could have done um, I could do the bog pools or I could do some other ideas at any time, really. Yeah, I suppose, Valerie, you must have been very similar as well, because the subject matter you chose is a very personal connection to you. So you, you probably able to capture that in, in the same in the same form as you have done, albeit it might be slightly different if you were if you were to pick it in a different season. Yeah, I think it's 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 the timing, really. It's the timing of it. Um, yeah. And being there um, was just seemed right. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, had it have been, um, let's say it's in the autumn this year, uh, then it, um, I, I, I do feel it could 
it could have been a different story. Yes. Um, yeah. And um, you know, I, 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 I really at the moment I'm working with trees for um, an exhibition next year, and um, so it, it could possibly be you know autumn time is is wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it could have possibly been in connection with trees. I, yeah. I, it's difficult to say, really. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was it it was certainly right for At the, the time, time um, to do what I did. Yeah. Absolutely, and obviously, Susie, I suspect yeah. yours would uh, need to have been something else because the your sub <laughs> your your chosen subject matter would have been very different at a different time of year. But I'd be interested, yeah, just to hear your thoughts in terms of how you'd have pro approached it at a different time. Well, there was um, when I was just recently up in northwest Scotland, somebody had bought an old church and they were renovating yep. it to make it into a hostel. Okay. And, I, and I did, I was quite intrigued by that and, and about the use, the use of old materials and the old pews. Yeah. Uh, that kind of new beginning for a building being repurposed, uh, I, I, I thought. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. Sort of thing. So that, I guess, yeah. thinking like that repurposing. Yeah. That's I, I think it's I think you can set it in a different season and I think you mm -hmm. just react to it at that given time because yeah. as you say you're beginning you're given such a short defined time in which to work within yeah. you can't really give much consideration to to what might have been or what could be at another point you're just having to react and then whatever feels right at that time as Valerie says when you're visiting a particular location or depending on the type of the season, then then you work around work around those points. Um, but yeah, it'd just be interesting. It'd be quite fascinating just to see someone shoot the same subject matter mm. maybe four months apart, just as we go and shoot the same locations throughout four seasons, and you can then see the variety to pick a theme and shoot that over maybe a couple of years, but at different times in the year. It'd be quite it might be quite an interesting project to see how we react and how we how we approach it differently as well. Every season is is a, a beginning in itself, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Every yep. ending is a new is a beginning. So yep. you could apply that to any season, really. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah, you could. I think it'd be an interesting one to produce some different work from. And um, there's some ideas for you, Paul and John, for your next book. Uh, I want to say thanks. Thank you. So obviously. <laughs> Paul, John, you must you must be really pleased with the outcome of the book. I think it's wonderful, wonderful body of work. And Doug's words at the start of it as well just really complement it. So, have you got any plans now? Now that you've done, well, obviously, John, you've done. You, this is your first collaboration working with Paul. Paul, you've done a few now. Any plans to do something else like this in the future, or? Um, I just. Can I just say before we skip it because I've got a I've got a note here which I don't want to miss. Um, when John and I originally discussed it about inviting six photographers and picking up on Andy's idea, um, the idea of young minds and Doug Chinnery came in really quick. Yeah. Because um, we, um, when John had done Brand New Day. I think most of the photographers, was it Brand New Day, John, where you, it was, yeah, you gave yeah. the money to Mines, was it? Or... It was, yeah, it was, it was MND, wasn't it? it was... um, yeah. Um, so we were keen on on that and, and kind of latched on to the fact that for most of us, well, certainly speaking on my behalf, Doug Chinry's been a, a, a real um, 
inspiring figure to me and everything he's done and the yeah. support he's given to me over the years in a multitude of small ways has been superb, quite honestly. So um, we thought, why, why not just pick on, piggyback on Doug Chinry and Young Minds? And he yep. was really positive when, I, when we approached him. Yeah. And I think that shows in terms of the end of the foot, whatever we called it, I can't remember now. Yep. The forward. I yep. thought the forward was fantastic and Doug didn't need any pushing. He was on holiday and um, he apologised. He says, oh, I haven't done it. I said, it's all right, you've got a couple of weeks. Anyway, it was done that night. So he wrote it in one day, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Um, and and the the idea of Young Minds, it's certainly um, loads of the people who ordered it and bought the book and the prints have um, obviously been um, inspired by the idea about where the money's going to and the cause. There's loads of feedback about that. Yeah. So this mental health thing and, and, and youngsters has been a big driver for the book. Yeah. Um, in terms of, so that's that's the big plug. Doug did a fantastic job. Um, in few, in terms of the future, I have got no more thoughts. No. <laughs> I don't know if John has. I don't no, know. Not at the moment. Not at the moment, but I'm sure something will come out in the future in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's a wonderful idea. It allows, it gives great opportunities to a number of photographers to to get some to get a small body of work out there. It gives something that's set around a particular theme, which I think I think is something that everyone can really learn from shooting to something like that. And also, as you say, it's like compared to your experience of participating in the book, John, it's been very much more an open collaborative basis this time around which which must very much differ from your experience yeah very much so and it's as, as i said it's positives and and negatives i guess yeah, yeah. um when, when you have imposter syndrome and don't know why you've been asked to, to do a book in the first place uh and have no idea who else is doing it and what they're doing yeah that's that's quite scary, scary. um but at the same time you've got to have a little bit of confidence in what you've put in and just it is what it is. And you, you can't compare yourself early to what other people are doing and think, oh, my stuff's not up to that. Yeah. Plus also you're um, being but, you're you're being asked for a reason. That that's that's the other thing. Whoever, yeah, whoever's... but I think in my in my particular case, it was because I met Paul at breakfast at a connected exhibition. Um <laughs> right, and he hadn't actually seen any of my work at that point. So um <clears throat> again, the the, the worries and yep. stuff come in, but I think it has evolved over yes. the, the three books Paul's done. And I yep. think what it's evolved into this time um, was, was probably the, the, the better way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it certainly made everyone feel better. It, it probably put a lot less pressure on um, Paul than it did on, on the first one because he had everyone coming to him saying, is this what you want? Yes. Is this okay? Is this going to fit? What are we doing? And, and no one was really sure. Yeah. So I think it took a lot of the pressure off, and it just it said yeah. the, the collaborative part. I think was uh, was a big success. Yeah. Well, actually, I think I think you'll everyone learns from these experiences from one book to another to another in terms of you can take away the pros and the cons, and it, it develops into a great project. And who knows, maybe some of the contributors this time will will form their own collaborations with other people, and they might bring out their own zines, their own books, and it might be two or three photographers. I know I'd picked up a zine recently, and I think it was a couple of photographers who each took a role of, or two roles of film, and you basically had two parts of the book. One part was, I think it was, 
maybe urban Manchester and the other, the second part was in like rural Lincoln landscape and it was just two very contrasting parts, but, but actually a really nice combination between two different photographers work and it worked really well. Um, so obviously talking about other books and I'll apologize to anyone listening in advance because this will be a pretty long and could be an expensive list. Um, we obviously, I'm obviously always interested to hear what other books are favorites from other people's shelves, seven photographers, three books, 21 books. It'll be a long one, but like Paul Wakefield's episode, but we'll, we'll get cracking. So yeah, I'm always interested to hear what inspires you, what books you take inspiration from, how they compare to what you photograph as well. And there's always a couple of curveballs. I'm sure there'll be a few curveballs thrown in here. So we'll kick off with uh, John. I'm not going to take any notes this time because I don't have any, enough paper to write all these down. So John, first book, please. Okay. This was tricky, as everyone says, but uh, my first book is uh, Solace. Oh, by Paul yeah. Sanders. Um, yeah, popular selection. Yeah, of course. I, I, I like, I love Paul's ethos, um, everything around his image making and that, that particular book I think should be prescribed on the NHS for people who want to calm down, lower blood pressure, just, um, just relax into something. It's a, yeah. it's a gorgeous book and how it's actually put together, yeah. um, as well as a physical item, I think is just, is superb. Yeah. Um, I was desperate to get some one of the Joe Wright handmade books in uh, as as well again just because of, of how it goes. But getting down to three is, is, is tricky. Um, so that's that's the first. Okay, we'll go. We'll come back to you. I'll, I'll go around everyone okay. first. So, uh, so Valerie, what's your first book? Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, I think the first one I will go with uh, this one. Um, and it's actually a catalogue, uh, actually. Uh, and this is um, Turner and the Sea. Um, and I found, I went to, to, well, I've been to lots of exhibitions, but I went to um, two great exhibitions down at uh, Greenwich, at um, the, the um, Maritime Museum there. Yep. And uh, the first one was um, uh, Ansel Adams. Uh, which was fantastic show, and then Turner and Sea, yeah. um, and I just it was it was fascinating for me to uh, see how his his work had developed um, and differences in his work, yeah. um, which which I found quite fascinating. And the work that I really really uh, loved of his was um, unfinished work, and right. so there were sketches. Yeah. Um, and uh, that I found uh, really appealing to me. Um, and yeah, that's so Turner in the Sea, um, although it's a catalogue, is yeah. my first Very choice. Very good. Susie, what's your, what's your first choice? Well, my first choice actually was inspired by me listening to Paul Sanders' session with you, and right. it's one of his books, so I bought it on the consequence. So thanks very much for right. that. Um, but so it's Flora, uh, uh, Robert Maplethorpe. Yeah, and it is just exquisite. Uh, yeah. I love everything about it and can just read it forever or yeah. look at it forever. So it's the shapes, it's the sensual way he treats uh, uh, plants, the yeah. flowers, the kind of oh yeah, the lighting. It's just completely gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Book. So I aspire to such gorgeousness. 
Yeah. <laughs> Tim, what was your first choice? I, yeah, I mean, everyone says this is tough, and it made tougher. Than, I mean, I had a little conversation with them over email because um, I thought about how to get it down to three while sat in the drizzle on a Scottish mountain a couple of days ago, and you had insisted it had to be three. But I'm still going to mention two others because this morning, extraordinary books have turned up from Mary Frances and Alison Dunlop, and I think they well, they will become favourites. They're, they're new, so I'm not going to include them, but they look quite extraordinary. Yeah. Um, but my first book is, is um, well, I've reconciled li- leaving so many out by just saying how, a book in each of the categories, three categories. And the first is mountain photography, which I absolutely love and, yep. and for many years. And it's Alex Nail's Northwest, yep. which is a beautifully produced book. Yeah, he very nice. Extraordinary eye. Um, it conveys the, sort of the, 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 the dynamism, the changing nature of the, of the mountains in the northwest of Scotland. And... Um, some of the the best moments for me are the bits where he doesn't just look at the wide the wide the wide views, but he looks at at, at the detail at some of yeah. these objects. I wish he'd do a little bit more of that. Um, and what, another reason I've selected, I've literally just come back. I mean, I was so inspired by that book. I've literally just come back from a, a workshop with Alex. Um, yeah. And when you travel, when you carry twenty, you know, two kilogram packs up to the top of mountains, um, it's fine just to do it for one week workshop. He's doing it all the time. Yeah. The dedication, the physical effort, as well as all the technical skill and the creativity and the sensitivity that's gone into that, but the physical effort that's taken to to accumulate those those images, you know, you just got to take your hat off to. Absolutely. To yeah. Okay, Andy, this is this is your second outing at this, so you're you 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 don't have to mention the same three books again. So, what's your first book for the second time? They are all new this time. Uh, first Good. one is Iceland Above and Below by Hans Strand. Yeah, um, it's quite a nice large book. Um, these sort of aerial views of Iceland have become f- quite familiar now, but I think he was one of the first people to do it. Yes. A lot of, I love the colour palette in it. The colours are strong, but not too strong. And lots of them, they look like abstract expression expressionist paintings. They don't yeah. look like the earth at all. There's no sense of scale to some of them. Yeah. It's what I'm looking at now of a, a river from above. You can't tell whether it's inches across or miles across. They're absolutely beautiful. Um, I just keep coming back to them. I prefer the ones that you can't see what they are. Well, I think the aerial ones work best for me. Yeah. The colours are lovely. The, his, it's also got really strong compositions. It's got yeah. a very good eye. So, very, very, yeah, very. Very, very strong lines through his images as well. Yeah. Um, de- clear definition generally between the tones, but I agree with you. I think it's I think it's quite nice when you're looking at something and you really don't have any idea of what the scale is. And I know some people always say, oh, you need to include someone with a red jacket so you get a, a bit of an idea <laughs> in terms of whether it's big or small. But I think there's actually something really nice looking at something and not knowing whether it's one meter wide or a mile wide, and it allows mm-hmm. your own mind to think and just to contemplate and, and make its own mind up for what for what you think that is. Um, okay, Jan, what's your first first selection? Uh, my first book is uh, it's called Elmet, and it's a collaboration between uh, Faye Godwin yep. and Ted Hughes. Yes, and so it's Faye Godwin's images, wonderful black and white landscapes. Yeah. Uh, very brooding <laughs> combined with Ted Hughes poetry um, yeah. and it's just I mean I you know it's just inspirational it's not really my style of photography but you know it's still something that I find inspirational and yeah. the combination of words and image yeah I think is is just so strong and that's something I want to explore yeah. more although I'm not Ted Hughes <laughs> <laughs> 
So. Yeah, well, I, th- I think it's interesting you talk about exploring words and images, and obviously Alex Neal's book as well has got a lot of words in it too, which I think complements the images. And looking at the work that you, that you guys did in New Beginnings, where you're you're forced to put a, a statement to to your work, which producing the producing the images can often be far far easier than actually uh, writing about what the work represents and and what it embodies. So. Um, rather you than me uh, and Paul you you are up uh, last for the first round what's your what's your first first choice with your um, indulgence I was just going to put one in on the right. understanding that at the end I can thank a few people who we haven't mentioned before. that's fine we'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll come back to you at the very end then well my my one is um, land and um, sea the, the land sea the um, triple kite yes thing from 2014 that this, this this was the first kind of photography book i bought yeah um even before i bought joe cornish's first light which yeah. everybody's got to buy um and i i can't remember it was about 20 pounds i thought God, that's a lot of money for that <laughs> um and i've still got this cardboard box i still look at it a lord I still, other than Giles McCarry, who I don't, I don't know, an architectural photographer, you know, there's Joe Wright, Valder, Al Bryden, Finn Hobson. There's the final word by Paul Kenny, which was um, in in that in that he talked about the um, little small photographs by Paul Strand that he bought in Edinburgh, yeah, sometime when he was a student. Paul Kenny talks about. Just because it's produced on posh paper doesn't mean it's art. Um, <laughs> there's little bits of um, thin paper in there that that you translucent you can see through. Yep. There's a gorgeous image by Joe Wright of some um, Cosmia after it's been raining or he's put some water on. And I go back to it just for the design and everything. Oh, that looks a bit like our cover, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I just think it's a magical book. Yeah, yeah, very nice. And I, I can understand why it costs twenty pounds. Yeah, very but that's good. my only one today. Like, as long as I can say something. Yeah, that's fine. We'll let we'll let you have the closing words. Okay, John. So your second selection. Okay, but I have my second one is called uh, Lensless Landscapes, right? Uh, by Steve Gosling. Yeah. Um, this was my introduction into pinhole photography. Really, um, I'm lucky enough to to know Steve because he's he's local to me here in yeah. in, in Harrogate, even though we're both Southerners uh, originally. <laughs> um, but this was this opens my eyes to to what's possible. Um, I I came into photography not knowing anything about the history, uh, anything about the background, having a very narrow view um, of of what photography was. Um, and this was the the first one that really opened my eyes to to something that was different um and something that i knew at some point i wanted to uh to look into myself yeah very good cool it's always nice when as you say you you get something you've got a book that's maybe not necessarily what you photograph the style of work that you do initially but it opens up new ideas and and new inspiration and, and ways of thinking about work which maybe they don't become all in part of it but they they can begin to influence and it's things that you begin to explore so yeah Valerie, what, what's your second selection? 
Um, right, this is this has been so difficult um, because uh, you, you know at the end of the day there's so many fantastic artists and photographers um, out absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, but I had to put Valder's Valder Bailey's yep. fragile in. Mm -hmm. um, I I I think that really for me um, Valder's been an inspiration not just for me but I think for a lot of artists a lot of photographers yeah um her style of her style of work her bringing her her painting uh and photography together um I think has influenced a lot of people um including me um and so really I I, I kind of keep going back to this one especially at the moment because there's some absolutely fantastic um, images of trees in it, um, yes. which uh, is is inspiring me for, for this very, pro next project lovely. I'm doing. Very good. Uh, yeah. So Valda, good. yes, yeah. thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great book. It'll be great to see her new book come out mm. in <clears throat> September October time, whenever whenever it appears from Kozu. Um, Susie, what's your what's your second choice? Um, there were lots I could choose, but one that really struck me was Sam Gregory's Metazoic. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I well, yeah, I can, I can see Tim nodding there as a geologist, but you know, I love the story of it. I love. Yeah. I heard him talk about the book, um, his book. Uh, so uh, the the idea behind and how it's executed, it was beautiful. Very yeah. different kinds of images to tell that story, and these lovely little intimate kind of landscapes. I I, I just thought it was a lovely work, and yeah. I loved hearing his whole talking about how and why it was created yeah i love the i love the little sets the little groupings of images yeah. as well i think it's really nicely done just yeah. dividing it. it's like if you look at i suppose paul wakefield's the landscape he's, he's divided up into different sections and yeah, yeah sam's done something but, mm. yeah it is it's really beautiful body of work mm. um, excellent tim your second choice Thanks, Susie. There's no collusion there, but she's covered one of the ones that I felt particularly oh. out. So, um, I love I love imagery that tells a story about the the way landscapes function, like metazoic, yep. or the way they change. So I had to have something on that. The the one I picked is John Gibbs's book called Canal. Yes, um, lovely. John is. I mean, he, you know, he, he's, he's class, and this is a beautiful book about the way in which formerly industrial canals in Norfolk have been reclaimed by nature after they've been um, yep. after they've been abandoned. And it's yep. beautiful imagery, very soft imagery. And it's the sort of book that I come back to again and again and again, because I love the imagery. And I love this story about nature reclaiming, restoring, recovering yep. after, after industrialization. Excellent. Andy, second choice. Uh, this is a quite a small book, uh, Rifts and Erasures by Guy Dickinson. It's quite a recent acquisition. Oh, yeah. Um, it's about, it's shot over two days on Dartmoor and it's, it's black and white photos mixed up with words, with poetry. But I think what's really brave about it, all the images are really dark. Yeah. And I, I quite often think that it's the shadows in an image that, that make it last. It's the highlights that you see first, but your interest is kept by what's hiding in the shadows. This book is all shadows. Yeah. Sometimes you can see on, on the cover photo, there's a tree in the distance. Sometimes they're completely abstract. Sometimes you can see rivers and trees, but they just draw you in because you want to know what's what's in the dark, what's in the shadows. Yeah. And it's a very absorbing book. There's a lot of texture to it. Sometimes it's like a turner. If you'd made it black and white and turn the exposure down, it's there's lots to get lost in. It's a very absorbing book. 
you yeah. can't really see what's going on. You can't tell what they're of, but it's it's fascinating. Yeah, Guy's books are really nice. A prolific publisher. He's done quite a, quite a few self-published books himself, and yeah. they're definitely worth looking at. They're beautifully printed as well, and all very mm. different paper types and different styles of printing as well. They're really worthwhile to take a look at his work. I've wrote quite a few of them, um, and they're beautiful. Uh, Jan, your next selection? Uh, my next one is Zero Footprint by uh, yep. Liam Patterson. Yes. Um, but I just love the idea of of you know just photographing what's what's there without having to without traveling to a yep. wonderful location with that you know just just looking around you and capturing what's around you I mean what's around them is particularly beautiful but it's there everywhere for all of us and yep. I, I just like the the whole ethos behind it and the images are just stunningly beautiful really nice yeah very good. Okay, John, your final selection. Um, okay, it's one slightly different for me because it's got people in it as much as anything else, but um, it's Alexander Gronsky uh, and his pastoral uh, Moscow suburbs. Yep. Ooh, very and good. it's something that probably overlaps with some of the stuff that Tim goes on about as well. With the, it's, it's how, what is interesting, how people use the landscape. Yeah. Um, and it's, anything from building sites to scrubby bits of land whatever but you can see how people have decided to to utilize that for, for their own end so even though on the, the front cover it looks like a building site next to some old flats typically russian stuff but there's people sunbathing on the, yep. the piles of sand and stuff like that yeah um it's just really interesting uh, how he views stuff that everyone else will walk past yeah i guess um and it's quite a hard book to get hold of now, but I'll, I'll send you it anyway. And give you the challenge. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not so keen on those. Uh, they're, they're always it's 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 when you look at the price that's when you think what. It's yeah, genuine. there is a bit there is a bit of that. His, his work is is really expensive yeah. now. I was lucky yeah. to get that when it first came out when it was just a normal price book. Yeah, it's always the challenge. Valerie, what's your what's your third choice? Um, my third choice um, is a book um, by Charles Kramer, uh, Yosemite. Yeah. Um, the reason why I've chosen that one um, is because um, five years ago, uh, I went to a non-landscape conference and listened to Charles Kramer speak. Yeah. And when he showed his work, um, I think I kind of, all I can do is relate it to how I feel when I'm in the Peak District because it's trying to capture it in a different way. Yeah. Um, Charles Kramer uh, actually was a student of uh, Ansel Adams yeah. and for him to have uh, made the work that he's made uh, very different, showed a very different side to Yosemite, which yeah. is obviously we, we talk of Yosemite uh, and we think of Ansel Adams. Um, but his approach to it, um, looking at more uh, intimate detail within uh, within the landscape, um, yeah, I kind yeah. of think to myself, right, well, if it can be done at Yosemite, it can be done in the Peak District. Yeah, it's a, re it's a really nice <laughs> so book. And I'm working on it. Yeah, Charles, Charles has yes, worked really, really very, very nice. I remember hearing him talk about the Meeting of Minds landscape, and yeah, it was, it was very, very good and incredible to see his body of work from Yosemite as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Very, very different approach to Yosemite. 
fantastic. Absolutely. Susie, your third choice? Well, my third choice involves me time traveling. So I know that Valda Bailey's new book, We May As Well Dance, will be in, on that list. So, um, <laughs> so uh, excuse the indulgence. So I'm so looking forward to seeing it. And yeah. why I know I love it is, you know, I've seen a lot of her work and it's just that how she blends art and photography, not quite sure where the join is. Yes, uh, yeah. Beautifully creative uh, in, incredible things. I mean, she's yep. very inspiring. Be lucky to do workshops with her and things. Very yep. inspiring to be with, but her yep. art sometimes blows you away. So yep. I'm already excited about owning it. Yeah, I think I think there's a few people who are probably quite excited about owning a copy of that yeah. book. So I'm sure it'll be very much well worth the wait. Um, and new beginnings, of course. I, absolutely, it's a hot favorite. Yeah, new beginnings as well, indeed. Uh, Tim, your third choice. Yeah, so the third type of book I really wanted to have a, a representative of is the sort of book that you you look at and inspires you just to get out there, you yeah. know. And 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 so it's Mark Littlejohn's book in the terrific mm -hmm. landscape edition series, and it's, yeah. it's cellular. Yeah. And the reason I, like, I mean it's Mark, so of course the image is brilliant, but it's the message about you know this is taken on on the camera phone, all the images. Just get out there with whatever camera you've got. And the other the other message that he has is is photograph yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't photograph yeah, the stuff yeah. that you like. You know, just just get on and do it and enjoy it. And it should be fun. And I, I you know, I'm very much the opinion that I don't want my photography to be work. I want it to be play. I want it to be fun. Yeah. And this book and this book just captures that for me. Yeah, yeah. It's a great book. It's as you say, it's a great example of what can be accomplished just by having any camera on you it doesn't need to be the fanciest another great example that's julian cavalry's iphone only book which is yeah. phenomenal in terms of what you can accomplish with just with just a, with just a phone and as you say when it's not your job as soon as it starts becoming a, or feels like a job then it's no longer a, a hobby and it's, it, it loses the enjoyment being a when you're a hobby a photographer you should be able to go out somewhere not come back with an image and it shouldn't really impact on you whatsoever that's certainly my view you go out and you enjoy the landscape or whatever you're doing and sometimes you win sometimes you lose but you go back and try again and that's part of the fun and, and the adventure of doing it and um, great choice uh, andy your third choice I actually very nearly picked Julian Calvary's book. That, that was sort of fourth or fifth on my list. I think the idea of, yeah, you can do that with an iPhone. It, yeah. it throw everything else away and take the iPhone. What I have got is um, Nowhere Far by Nicholas Hughes. Yep. Um, don't know very much about him. I came across him at uh, Photo London 2018, and his photos were just, they just blew me away. They're fantastic. They're just, they're not of anything in particular. They're colours and shapes. They're quite abstract. They're single exposures as far as I can see. I think for me, there's two sorts of photo books. There's ones you just like looking at, and there's yeah. ones that inspire you to pick up a camera. And every one of these makes me want to go and not copy the photo, but go and take some pictures in that style. There's yeah. there's black and white, there's colour, but there's they're very graphic, they're very simple, but they're beautiful at the same time, very minimal. But um, it's one to come back to and just look at a few and, and get lost in. It's a really lovely book. Lovely. And Jan, your final your final selection. Uh, well, I've, I was going to have Solace by <laughs> Paul Sanders, um, which is fantastic and, yep. and inspirational and all the things. Um, but obviously that's already on the list. So I'll let someone else have that one. And then okay. I was going to have Valder's forthcoming book. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously that's already on the list. Yep. So I've gone down the list a bit. And 
my book is is kind of a classic it's a real classic it's um soul lighter early color lovely it's probably quite hard to get hold of yep um but you know he's he's like you know one of the greats and i just love his whole sort of i I watched a documentary about him and his whole approach is just so mindful in that he you know he he would just go out and maybe take one picture you know in a day and he's just got that artist's eye and using color at a time when color was regarded wasn't regarded as art you know and just really just doing his own thing um and and coming up with the most amazing images so if you don't know of him or you haven't seen this book i would encourage you to try and at least see the work but um the book's quite hard to get hold of now um but I saw, I, I saw a few people jotting down the names. See, when you participate in them, you get a couple of weeks advance warning of what of what the selections <laughs> are, which always helps. Which always helps. So you've got a few few weeks before everyone else finds out what someone's recommended. By which point, you've maybe been able to pick up a cheaper copy. So, so Paul, uh, final any any final you wanted to say a couple of words on the book and on new beginnings. Yeah, can I just say thanks to a few people? Absolutely. I think it's, um, it probably reflects the strength, well, how much I feel the photographic community is a, well, certainly a positive one in my life, but it reflects, it reflects well if I can thank anybody. So uh, there's a few people here in organisations, Outdoor Photography, yeah. um, did a, an article, a little article about the magazine and were really positive. Um, on landscape and Charlotte up, up yep. in um, Scotland um, had a really positive impact on the sales, which I appreciated. Yeah, really helpful. Um, Paul Saunders not only bought the book, but he plugged it on his. Does he do a podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I kind of got into it. Um, the IT didn't work very well, but Paul Paul Saunders was really supportive, and that that had a tremendous impact on sales so thanks to paul um a few people have mentioned rob knight rob knight runs through i know even you know the people looking on the screen there rob rob knight has um was there at the very start when i started brand new day three three years ago rob's been incredibly supportive of of this venture and when john and i had the idea rob rob give us a few steers and directions so yep. Rob and Karen with, with connected have, have been um, uh, a real eye-opener to me, and I know many others in terms of how, how I work. So big thanks to Rob and Karen. Um, Andrew Atkinson was tremendous to work for, to work with. He's um, not only his lovely sequence of photographs, and the one that stood out for me for the cover was just like a game changer. Yep. I love the cover. And that, in terms of the feel of the book, I, I think that that really sold it. He also produced the um, the prints, virtually all of the prints, the limited edition prints, which themselves made a huge amount of money. And yeah. um, so, and I know from the feedback I've had, um, the people who have ordered the prints were, were delighted with them. Um, and if I've forgotten anybody, there you go. Thanks to John. Thanks to uh, yeah. Thanks thanks to John. Um, he's, he's, he does suffer from imposter um, problems, John, but he shouldn't. And um, 
when I've had feedback from various people when I've um, when we've been putting this book together and I've immediately thought about, oh God, I've done it all wrong. I need to change this and that. You know, a conversation with John and he immediately says, well, they're right here and they're right there. And you should just forget what it says after that. So John, Absolutely. right the way through the project, there's no need to feel like that. It's worked great. So thanks to everyone. It's been a pleasure dealing. Sorry, it's not my podcast, is it? It was a pleasure dealing with everybody in, in every way. And it's been a really positive experience for me, which I've enjoyed from start to finish. That's um, great. But it's a real, I think, photography community coming together and for such um it's raised just a few pence over fifteen hundred pounds now and there's one book left to sell. Very good. Um, um, so um it's been incredibly positive. So thanks to everybody involved. Yeah. And thank you thank you to everyone for participating this morning giving up your time. It's been a pleasure to hear everyone's different input, different perspectives from it. Um, and I hope that uh, maybe it will encourage or motivate or inspire you to produce your maybe your own books or some handmade books um, in terms of uh, going forward in the future. Obviously, there's uh, plenty of experience there in terms of producing uh, sets of work. So, yeah, it'd be great to see some more work from you all in the future. So, yeah, thank you very much for your time. And it's, it's been a pleasure. Okay. Thanks, Ewan. Thanks, Thanks Ewan. Ewan. Cheers. Cheers.